Welcome to episode 108 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullet. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, updater, pussy, imitator, assassinator, baby. I'm a man of power, the man of the power, too sweet to be sour. And I'm coming to you once again from the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York. Here we are in the first week of October 2020. And you didn't hear the usual razzmatazz that begets a kitty pot episode beginning. That's because I learned yesterday as I record this of the death of Eddie Van Halen, the guitarist and namesake of the legendary 1980s rock band Van Halen, one of my favorites of all time. Now, I've played you into Unchained in only two separate occasions in the history of this podcast. And I figured, well, with his death, I decided to honor the great man by playing you in with Unchained for a third time. That was the opening theme for Jay Moore Sports on Fox Sports Radio back when that was on the air. So rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Sick Transit, Gloria Mundi. All right, on to my social media plugs after that brief moment of silence. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. There's the Facebook page and also my civilian Instagram at Jason underscore 51838. And also check out every Thursday my true crime podcast called CR Crime, the only podcast that deals with tales of true crime in New York's capital region. I'll plug the latest episode when we get to the end of the show. Coming at you right here, playing another one of their songs to lead you into the vanity portion of this podcast episode. So what's been the world like to J. Michael Bullet recently? Well, we just got one thing here, but before we get there, or two rather, I do have some shout-outs that I would like to give at this time. First off, on a happy note, to all my listeners and friends down there in Tampa, Florida, St. Petersburg, right around that way, Tampa Bay Lightning. Won their second ever Stanley Cup in the bubble in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Defeated the Dallas Stars in six games. Steven Stamkos missed the culminating match due to a lower body injury. But he came out and he got to hoist Lord Stanley's Cup around the bubble. Kind of weird with no fans to celebrate. But the Lightning did it, by God. The bubble's been burst. Nobody tested positive for COVID during the whole thing. So, thank goodness. The NHL did a fantastic job. The NBA's doing a great job, too. Game four of the NBA final between the Lakers and Miami Heat's going on as I record this. It could well be over by the time this episode gets to you. So, shout-out to Lawrence Ross. Shout-out to Joe Martini. Dan in Tampa. Hope you guys celebrated responsibly, not just with alcohol, but with social distancing and all that. So, congrats to you guys. Now to the other side of the coin, and that is to past guest and friend of the show, Adam Parada. I was sad to hear that the last of Adam's paternal grandparents passed away in the past weeks. And so to Adam, to Amy, and to little Wesley, 
My condolences and deepest sympathies from the Kitty Pod family. All right, now to the real portion of the vanity portion here as he tries to get out of this cul-de-sac and a sad one at that. I am not by any means a member of the Autism Society, but I am a supporter of our local chapter here in New York's capital region. And I found out that toward the end of September, they were going to have a fundraiser at Little Chipotle. This was actually the culmination of this thing called the Hero Walk. They couldn't do it the way they normally do because of the pandemic. So they said, well, we'll do a virtual event. Close enough. The culminating event happened this past Saturday. Actually, not as I record, it was the Saturday before. So me, my dad, and his companion decided, well, we'll make the trip over. And I saw a number of friends of mine from the support group as we pulled in. This was at the Chipotle and Colony near my former workplace. And we just couldn't find parking. It was just, just mayhem trying to find a parking site. You know what? Let's go back over the Norhawk River. And we decided, well, we'll just go to TGI Fries in Clifton Park and have dinner there. Go back under the tent, little dining al fresco. Well, we tried there. Also, of note, quickly, I had to go to the dentist. All the dentists were closed during the height of the pandemic. I was supposed to go back sometime after the Memorial Day weekend. But that was with my old dentist. I have a new job and thus new dental insurance. They wouldn't take it. So I had to go find a new dentist. Well, well, once our governor, Andrew Cuomo, decided to lift the restrictions off of dentist's office, they had to, you know, maintain social distancing and that, I figured, all right, time to finally start hooking up with a new dentist after a delay. Well, I found this one. I'm not going to give it the name, but my sister told me that she goes there as well for her uh, dental services. I figured, all right, let's give this a whirl right here, set up an appointment. Thursday before Labor Day weekend, I go in and schedule my regular six-month cleaning. See your dentist twice a year and all that. While it's a lot different with the dentist's office, and not just for new surroundings, but, you know, the pandemic and everything, they told me that I, once I arrive for my appointment, I have to wait in the car. I can't go in the waiting room. It's not a very big waiting room by any stretch of the imagination. It's almost a virtual cubbyhole, like a, sh- a bandbox. I almost said shoebox, but... You get the idea. You get it. Anyway, I had to wait outside in the car. I think this appointment, I uh, also got my hair cut on that day too, not for nothing. Then I got there early enough. Well, it's right across from the park. So I'll just take a little walk in the park and then it'll be getting time to head across the street or the road or whatever and going for my moment of truth. Well, when you get there, you have to wait in the car. I figured, it's, after five minutes, I'm like, is somebody going to come out and know that I'm here? So I gave him a call said, hey, listen, I'm here for my appointment. I said, all right, we'll be right out. You just stay in your car. So you stay in your car. The doctor comes out, gave me the temperature with this little thermometer. It's almost like they put a gun in your head. It's like, what am I doing in a Clint Eastwood movie? Like, keep your temperature below 100.4 degrees and get two in the head. I'm like, all right, all right. Well, my temperature is good. And also, as an added bonus... They had this thing that I I first learned about in the before times from my general practitioner. They have this thing that you put on your fingertip. Right in the beginning of your pointer finger, you stick the thing in there. Not only does it measure your pulse, it also measures your oxygen levels, how much oxygen your lungs are taking in, an oximeter. Well, all my vitals being good, 
the doctor said, all right, get out of the car, let's get in the building. Now, as this was my first appointment with the new dentist, there was a good deal of paperwork that needed filling out. You know, put my personal info in there, my health insurance, that whole bit. Well, I get done with all this paperwork. I'm about ready to hand it, and all of a sudden, the lights flicker in the building, and then, zap, the power is out. I'm like, well, that's a fine kettle of fish. Well, thankfully, it was one of those five-second outages. It took a while for everybody to get back on their feet, get their sea legs underneath them again after the brief blackout. And I was real delayed in the chair. My appointment was for sometime after noon. I didn't get out till close to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm so glad I took the whole day off if I knew shit like that was going to go down. Well, sir, I had a good appointment. And by good appointment, they found three teeth with cavities in them. And I had to go back, not just yesterday's hour cordis, but the previous Wednesday. So on both occasions, and also with my teeth clean, there's a new procedure where once I get in the chair, they say, you know, take your glasses off and take your mask off. Everybody should be wearing them in public. And you put them in this little bin off to the side. And I put these goggles on, this weird gimmick. I almost look like the Terminator or something. Nice to see you. Up, oh, wrong movie. Oops. <laughs> confused Terminator with Robocop. Anyway, so I've got these weird goggles on my face. I don't have my glasses and also my mask, as I've mentioned earlier. They're in this little bin or carry-all thing, whatever you want to call it, off to the side. And also new procedure, you used to have the little sink gimmick where you just rinse out off to the left. Not anymore, at least till we get a vaccine. So they said, here you go, give me this cup, just rinse out gargle around for 30 seconds just slosh it around your mouth now when I did this for the teeth cleaning they gave me two glasses one in which to get the mouthwash into my mouth then after 30 seconds of just swishing around they're like do all that spit it in the other cup both occasions I had to get cavities filled like all right you just take the same glass and spit in it when you're done and just give it to the person who was going to help out and then all right we'll just get the Novocaine get the topical stuff and then the thing was just uh, injected in like you know like you're injecting something in there I don't know which I was gonna make a funny analogy but I blanked on it not that you like it but anyway I get all numbed up they get there with the drill they get the zzz, uh, they're just routing around there now with my old dentist they had this thing that would have like a nylon tarp or something over my mouth that would just easily tear up so they could Go in there and just route around and do this little dental excavation project. Not here. Thankfully, they want to keep the tooth in place while they were routing around doing the cavity and filling. Now it looks less like I have a Hoover Dam around my mouth. <laughs> like we're an archaeological site. Aha! A clue! It's a message from the past. I don't know why I went there, but there you go. Anyway... All my teeth are filled and I'll be back in March for my clean. We'll do the shit all over again. Well, speaking of things we're going to do again, we're going to get you out to a look back at the year 2008 as this is episode 108 of the old kitty pod and some timely music, please. Katy Perry started her rise of stardom in the year 2008. In fact, the song you heard ever so briefly, Hot and Cold, came in at number 6 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts this week in 2008. For those of you wondering, top of the charts, number 1 
whatever you like by T.I. Well, 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 here we are in fabulous 2008, like 2000 and late. And what a year in the news, holy fucking shit. The economy slowly but surely went in the tank with the Great Recession. In fact, the Dow Jones Industrial Average had its worst ever one-day loss when it dropped 777 points on September 29th, 2008. Unlucky number seven, if you will. It also didn't help that the auto industry found itself in a shambles. Government bailouts were order of the day. And in amongst all that, there was quite the presidential campaign. George W. Bush had reached his limit of two terms in office, and a new president was going to be elected. In the end, it was the late John McCain versus this young up-and-comer named Barack Obama. And on November 4th, history was made as Barack Obama became the first African-American ever to be elected president of the United States. And what a moment that was. Oh, man. Hopefully Joe Biden can, no, not a black man, an old white man, will unseat that despot we have in office right now. Well, there are some other news. From what I can recall, there was an earthquake in China on May the 12th. Mumbai terrorist attacks in India the day after Thanksgiving. And in weather, oh boy, we had Hurricane Ike on September 13th go through Houston, Texas. And speaking of the Gulf Coast, thoughts and prayers, teas and peace to everybody out there with Hurricane Delta, not Delta Burke, going through that part of the country right now in 2020. But back to 08 ever so briefly, we had our own little meteorological nightmare. When an ice storm hit the capital region, December 11th and December 12th, I remember staying at my sister's house and briefly lost electricity on that whole deal. The lights flickered the following morning and then went to my work at this old site. The whole work site was out with power. It was an eerie scene trying to dodge tree branches that had made their way onto the road because of the way of all that ice. We briefly lost electricity ourselves during that evening, too, on the 12th, when I was back home at Bullet House in Saratoga. It took a while for things to get back to some kind of normalcy. So that's the In the News segment. We did have one debut, and it's noteworthy because it's an app that I've been using a lot recently, and it's an app that you can get to keep it to yourself podcast. You can listen to your heart's content, as well as other app services, too, like iTunes, Google Podcasts, etc. What am I talking about? Spotify. It was created in Sweden and became available in 2008. I didn't get on the Spotify train until 2012. Took a break for a little while. And I've been back on it full force ever since. Back to the Great Recession for just a minute. As we go into disappearances both of companies and of people. The former first, then the latter. Two big casualties of the Great Recession Lehman Brothers and Washington Mutual wound up biting the dust as a result. Now on to those who were in many fields and endeavors who passed away from this earth in 2008. I lead off with George Carlin. He's one of my favorite comedians of all time, if not my personal favorite. This is a man who started out doing like Hal Sleep, the hippy dippy weatherman, had his own act, and then I remember reading his book a year after he died, and he had this transformation from going from that early stuff to the politically charged social commentary that he did in the latter part of his career up until he passed away in 2008. Just months after he taped what would be his last HBO special. My dad and I would get downstairs on those nights and we watched his last two together. It's Bad For You and the one that came out previous called Life Is Worth Losing. 
And I think in the latter, he kind of, my dad and I thought he kind of lost it after Life is Worth Losing. He kind of lost his edge a little bit. And unfortunately, he's no longer with us. He worked literally right up to the end. Had a heart attack after a performance in Las Vegas. 71 years old. Tim Russer, host of Meet the Press on NBC, Pride of Upstate New York from Buffalo. Charlton Heston, legendary actor. And gained controversy for being president of the National Rifle Association. Estelle Getty, legendary actress of television. You may remember her as Sophia from the Golden Girls. Say, oh, Charlie was a wonderful man, but he could squeeze a nickel till the buffalo pooped. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, there's something to the power of suggestion. Excuse me. We also lost the guy who played Brody in Jaws, Roy Scheider. He passed in 2008. Suzanne Plachette, who played Bob Newhart's wife in the original Bob Newhart show. And 30 years ago, this past May, made a surprise appearance in the final episode of Newhart back in 1990. Emily, wake up. I had this weird dream. I was an innkeeper in Vermont. Speaking of Vermont, the weekend this drops, this is going to be the culmination of virtual homecoming week at Castleton. I'll tell you more about it in the next episode. Back to 08. Heath Ledger, the man who unfortunately took his own life after what was his crowning achievement, playing the Joker in The Dark Knight. Oh, that was sad what happened to him, man. So young. Also in Brokeback Mountain, too. Bernie Mac, one of the original kings of comedy. The African-American blue-collar comedy tour it was him, Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, and D.L. Hughley. Isaac Hayes. I found a little bit of a connection to Isaac Hayes. Number one, he was the voice of Chef on South Park. By the way, check out their pandemic special. That was a hoot and a holler. And second of all, this friend of mine named Joe Bruno, not the state senator who recently passed away, mind you. He would wear the leather jacket like Richard Roundtree, the guy who played Shaft in the movie, did. Here's a little sample of that from Isaac Hayes, the theme from the movie, that is. Who's the cat that won't cop out when there's you all about? Shaft! Right on. You see, this cat Shaft is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. What I'm talking about, Shaft? Yeah, can do Anthony Minghella also passed away in 2008. The guy who directed The English Patient that cleaned up at the 1997 Academy Awards. The notorious Betty Page passed away, pinup girl. Played by Gretchen Maul in that wonderful movie called The Notorious Betty Page. Check that out if you haven't done that yet. Bo Diddley, the godfather of rockabilly, passed in 2008. Another legend of the silver screen left. Like a lot of actors passed in 2008. Many of whom were legends of old Hollywood. Paul Newman. Oh, what more can you say about Paul Newman? Legend of the silver screen. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Sting. Two of my favorite movies of all time. Went on to have his own brand of food stuff like salad dressing. I'm not going to make a dime off of this stuff. 100% of the proceeds are going to charity. Van Johnson, another legend of yesteryear in Hollywood. Richard Widmark, ditto. Paul Schofield, likewise. Brad Renfro, he was a, he was a staple of many a Disney film, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on it. He passed away in 2008. Jim McKay, this was a legendary sportscaster. Now, for many years, you youngsters got to know, there was this thing called ABC's Wide World of Sports. And every Saturday, and then later on, every Saturday and Sunday, every weekend, thus, Jim McKay and a bunch of ABC sports reporters would go out and cover many sporting events that, well, 
why would I waste my words on how to describe the program? Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. Speaking of sports, and who knows whether chess is a sport, I don't seem to think so. Bobby Fischer passed away in 2008. He was a chess grandmaster who defeated Boris Spassky in 1972. He had been a chess prodigy since his teenage years. He later went on to become quite the controversial figure. And he wound up disappearing. He showed up in Iceland, oddly enough the site of his greatest triumph. That's where he passed in 2008. Sid Charisse, legendary dancer of the silver screen. Dick Martin. Now, have you ever heard of Ronan Martin's laughing? He was the goofball while Dan Rowan was the straight man on Ronan Martin's laughing. Arthur C. Clarke. The guy who shared the same birthday as your humble host. He passed in 2008. The Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. This is the man who taught meditation to the Beatles. But unfortunately, the Beatles broke it off with him. When they found out that he was a bit of a horn dog, this spiritual man. Bit of a nut if you ask me. Jesse Helms, U.S. Senator from North Carolina, passed in 2008. Ditto for Purvis Jackson of the Spinners. And also, if you're the fan of the Four Tops, you also mourn the death of Levi Stubbs. Eartha Kitt, a songstress and a wonderful one too. Edie Adams, actress, passed away in 2008. She had the great double act with Ernie Kovacs. Jerry Reed, when you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. He passed 2008. Had that great turn in Smokey and the Bandit. Even sang the theme song to that movie, too. Also appearing in the 2008 Necrology, that's a fancy term for a list of people who passed away, Harvey Corman. Now, many, many moons ago, when I had one of my many weekends home from Castleton, well, this was a special occasion. I came home because my dad and my mom, God rest her soul, all three of us went to Proctor's Theater in Schenectady to go see Harvey Corman and Tim Conway reenact some of their best bits from the Carol Burnett show. Harvey was a wonderful cast member in that ensemble way back when, when the show was on CBS. I later saw it on syndication, like the best of Carol Burnett on what is now Freeform. It used to be the Family Channel way back when. But back to the lecture at hand. On this day, we got to see Harvey Corman, Tim Conway, and this actress-slash-impressionist named Louise Duarte, who took the role of Carol Burnett. And yes, in case you're wondering, they ended the whole show by reenacting the famous dentist sketch from the Carol Burnett show. You can just see Harvey Corman just start cracking up. And that was a common theme whenever they did these sketches. This was live to tape, not live television. This was live in front of a studio audience, as the old saying goes. And there are times where Harvey, even all the rehearsal they did, all the blocking, all this and that, Harvey would just find Tim's antics so funny, he was trying his best not to crack up laughing, but you could just see him trying to hold back. That's called corpsing. You suddenly break character. Well, apart from the Carol Burnett show, at the height of that series' fame, Harvey appeared in one of my favorite movies of all time, the 1974 Mel Brooks comedy classic, Blazing Saddles where he played the notorious Hedy Lamar. That's Hedley! 
Sorry, Headley Lamar. Qualifications. Stampeding cattle. That's not much of a crime. Through the Vatican. Kinky. William F. Buckley Jr., conservative commentator. He passed in 2008, as did Margaret Truman, the daughter of former U.S. President Harry Truman. Deep Prawn. This is the man who was the photographer in Cambodia during the killing fields with Pol Pot when he was running things. Gary Gygax, the creator of Dungeons and Dragons. Film director Sidney Pollack passed in 2008. Fashion designer Yves Saint Laurent. Randy Posh, a lecturer. He gave his final lecture as he was battling cancer, at least in the last rounds, and unfortunately, cancer wound up being the victor in that whole deal. Phil Hill, auto racer, who appeared with the late Jim McKay in one episode of ABC's Wide World of Sports, oddly enough. Stan Winston, the guru of special effects in cinema. David Foster Wallace, the man who gave us infinite jest. Studs Turkle, author and muckraker of Chicago. Michael Crichton, also an author. Mark Felt, who was the FBI agent who was involved in the Watergate cover-up in 1974, the great incident where the Nixon sent his men to the Watergate to rob the Democratic National Convention headquarters. I think you may have seen Forrest Gump there try and sniff it out. Like, hey, you got something suspicious going on down there. You might want to check it out. And finally, this is a man who helped mold my childhood, Bill Melendez. You don't know who he is, but you'll find out in just a bit. Bill Melendez was the animator of many Charlie Brown TV specials that everybody had grown up with for many, many years. In fact, a little piece of trivia, did you know that he was the voice of Snoopy? Well, not in dialogue, but actually, why should I waste my words here? I'll give you a little audio sample. Oh yeah, he also voiced Woodstock too. Not that anybody would notice. Alright, after that long slog through the obits, we go to Pop Culture Corner to wrap up this segment. In the world of sports, what a momentous year. I remember this is one of my favorite sports years of all time. Major League Baseball, the Philadelphia Phillies won their first World Series in 25 years, being the Tampa Bay Rays. And speaking of baseball, it was also the end of the line for both the original Yankee Stadium and over in Queens, it was also the end for Shea Stadium. Home of both the New York Yankees and Mets, respectively. They will be going on to new playpens in 2009 and going forward. In the NHL, the Detroit Red Wings won their last Stanley Cup to date, defeating the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Boston Celtics won their first NBA title in 22 years in six games, defeating the Los Angeles Lakers, who, as I speak, are playing right now in the NBA Finals of 2020 against the Miami Heat. Even if the late great Kobe Bryant did allegedly quit on the Lakers in Game 6, allowing Boston to get their first title since the days of Larry Bird and the boys. Beijing Olympics took place that summer. Michael Phelps, 8 gold medals in swimming. Who'd have thunk it? Kansas won a thrilling game against Memphis to win the national championship in college basketball, while LSU, with Jamarcus Russell, won the NCAA football championship. But my personal favorite sports moment came in Super Bowl 42, February 3rd, Glendale, Arizona, University of Phoenix Stadium. Eli Manning and the New York football giants led the mother of all comebacks against the New England Patriots who had gone through the regular season undefeated, 17 wins, no losses. Well, they clashed at Super Bowl 42. And here's when the upset happened. 
it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Nope, that wasn't it. It's here somewhere. Don't worry. To the world of cinema, remember that? The best film of 2007 at the Academy Awards went to No Country for Old Men. Nominated for eight categories, won awards in half of them. Also, believe it or not, they were tied with the most nominations with There Will Be Blood. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Meanwhile, the top grossing film as mentioned earlier with the late Heath Ledger was The Dark Knight. Did over half a billion dollars domestically here in the United States. And finally, we began with music. We're going to end with music. The best record went to the late Amy Winehouse, Rehab, while Herbie Hancock, remember him? Did the rocket, that little thing there in 83? Well, he got best album at the Grammys called River, the Joni Letters. I think it's about Joni Morrison. I'm not sure. Anyway, that will do it for a look back at 2008. Now, I want to do a little segment here. Last week, I did a whole episode about autism and law enforcement. And I asked some people in these Facebook groups to which I belong for their feedback and their comment. Well, I had forgotten to do that in my rush to get the episode up to you in a timely manner. So in this episode, I'm going to have a brief dance with the Facebook comments. Now, if you're listening, I asked you specifically if I could read your name on the podcast. Those requests will be honored. I will leave you anonymous. I will still read your comments. If you want to decide not to do it, I'll just leave your name out of it. Agreed? All right, let's go. As I mentioned about near the top of the show, apologies for the rather awkward transition there. This is a follow-up to last week's episode about autism and law enforcement. As a bit of a supplement, and because I forgot to get to it last time, the opportunity presented itself for me to share some comments I asked of a handful of Facebook groups of which I am a member to ask for their input on the subject. There is a female from one group called Aspie Cafe. I will not mention her name because I took it that she didn't want her name mentioned. But here's the story as she put it. I ran away from home in 1960. I mean, this person talking. I was picked up by police about 40 miles away. They took my belongings and put me in a cell. When my mother arrived, they denied that they had taken my silver dollars. Looked right at me with a smirk. Stole my old coins. What could a kid say? Well, another female responded, There's good cops and bad cops. To steal your coins? Shit, man, that's terrible. And there ends that quote. Well, the person who commented also had a comment to say that she didn't have anything about herself, but she, uh, not for nothing, she read a few years ago that, quote, it's a good idea if you have a child that perhaps would be pulled over in a car if they even drive. They could act nervous. Some people can talk to the point, and police officers may take it as sarcasm. I read to have a card made and laminated for people to keep in their walls that explains them having ASD. I have something like that going on. This is an editorial comment from your humble host. I have one on my wall, and it was suggested 
that I put it in my wallet in front of my driver's license, not in the back like I originally did. They said, you want to put that up front there, bud? I said, all right, and it's been there ever since. Oh, by the way, this person is Esther Hoffman. So I said, go ahead, use my name. I don't really give half a crap. Well, this, and said, most police departments have had courses on ASD in the past couple of years, but they could use a reminder once a month. Another person from another group, this time a male, said that he had actually spent the day with police, but his colleagues, he was a firefighter in a major industrial incident. This gentleman also went on to say, as well as police, there were workplace safety inspectors, a few other fire crews, and fire and forensic investigators. He didn't go into any more detail than that. However, this gentleman adds, the other is an ordinary citizen. He sees both sides of police. As a civilian... He got pulled over the week before I asked this. It was just a routine traffic stop and a roadside random breath test. I wonder if the cops suspected if this man had been tipping him back a little down at the bar before he got pulled over. He didn't really go into detail either. Well, another person said that a roadside random breath check, that's an illegal search. To which the original gentleman replied, not here, they're routine. He didn't say where he is. Drink driving laws are heavily enforced here. I guess we found out a little clue there. He must be from the British Commonwealth said drink driving. We call it here in the States drunk driving. From that same group, another gentleman, they said that, quote, when the law was involved, I have been treated fairly well even when I was arrested once. But that only time I was on suicide watch. So there was the kicker right there. Well, I hope he's okay. I'm glad he's all right. So there you go. However brief that was, those were Facebook comments on the topic solicited by your humble host about autism and law enforcement as others see it. Before we wrap it up here, just want to let you know that before we get to the pod shoutouts, I did have a Jason Sports Corner playing out for this episode and Stone Cold Left Pipe Lock of the Century of the Week. But due to all the craziness with COVID-19 in the NFL and all these games getting reshuffled, a lot of moving parts involved here, I decided to skip it for this episode. But it will return next week in its regularly scheduled slot. So don't worry, sports fans. I've got plenty to talk about. So this is just building up the cistern. And what a great time of year. Usually the star of the NBA, the star of the NHL, but with the pandemic, who knows when the 2020-2021 season for both those leagues, the NBA and the NHL, are going to get started. And we have the MLB postseason still going on. I'll talk more about that. But before we go, I'm just going to give some pod shouts, and then we're going to get on out of here. Greetings from Allentown. Peter Winson focused on one particular match instead of doing an overview on an entire wrestling show. This time it's the match between the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, Woo! my voice broke there, sorry, 
and Barry Windham that took place or made its way to TV screens across the country on January 24th, 1987. The sportscaster is Steve Bennett with a great episode. Blake J. Harris and Jonah Toulis talking about console wars. And Jason Cole, his book about Denver Broncos legendary quarterback John Elway. That was a great listen there. And the Break It Down show this past week. Oh, murderers row. Shannon Israel about art fun parties in the time of COVID-19. David Wolf protecting your content. Actually producing too. I haven't written my notes as protecting your content. But it was of interest to yours truly. Got a little in the music background. And also Dr. Will Riley with one L. That's his first name. Don't wear it out. Made a triumphant return to the Break It Down show. He and Pete A. Turner chewed the fat on debunking critical race theory and woke ideology. How appropriate for these times, depending on how you feel about the subject. I don't know if I mentioned this at the top of the show or I mentioned it already, but you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Spotify, or the podcatcher if you're choosing. And speaking of which, if you have the review capability on your podcatcher, especially Apple Podcasts, I almost said iTunes, whoops. Well, Apple Podcast made me feel good, no. Sorry, old Clark getting there in the end. Anyway, if you have reviewing capabilities like Apple Podcasts or some app of that nature, do us a huge solid. Give a five-star rating and a good write-up. That really helps me out. Show the support. And also, you can donate to my Venmo account if you want to send a few rugs my way to help support this bad boy. Venmo.com slash Jason, J-A-S-O-N hyphen, and then my last name. This is tricky. B-U-L-L-E-T-T. That's how you spell it. And there's also an app on Anchor FM, a little thing there where you can donate money that way. I certainly appreciate it. And so as the strains of washed outs feel it all around, ring in your ear holes, providing a possible clue as to the content of next week's episode, we put the wraps on episode 108 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. I certainly thank you as always for listening. Never take the audience for granted. Never have, never will. I've already given the plug for social media where you can listen to this podcast. And so it just remains for me to say thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. And until we meet again, as always and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. And wear a mask, damn it. And social distance and wash your hands and all that stuff. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Sit, boo-boo, sit. Good dog. If I may ask a practical question at this point. Are we doing Stonehenge tomorrow night? No, we're not going to fucking do Stonehenge.